Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Thank God for redemptive teaching. Amen. In Genesis, turn if you will, we left off with that great redemptive chapter in the book of Genesis, chapter 22, when through the obedience of one man to offer his son as a living sacrifice to God, that released the hand of God to give Jesus. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Understand this as we continue to study redemption tonight. We're going to take a little time and, and maybe review a little bit, pull, pull some of this stuff in, up into, uh, uh, into its relevance. But remember, we are teaching on redemption. Amen? We're not doing a Old Testament Bible study where we go chapter by chapter. It may have seemed like, seemed like that as we've come through the book of Genesis, but we're setting the standard or the foundation for our redemptive teaching. You say, now, now what do you mean by that? Well, we started with creation. You've got to start with creation. Amen? That everything that is, was, and will ever be has been brought into existence in the material realm by the spoken word of God. And God said, and it was so, and God said, and it was good, and God said, and it was so, and it was good. And then all in that creative process about how God took and created man in his own likeness and image. The purpose of these things. What is the purpose for the stars and the moon and, and all that's in the, in the celestial area? Well, they, the purpose of it is the earth. Did you know they tell us that every star that they've ever discovered that had any importance in the, in the constellations of the universe has a direct effect upon the earth? It's an amazing phenomenon. The moon itself, everything, everything. Listen, the earth is not the geographical center of the universe, but it's the spiritual center of the universe. So God created all of the, the stars and the moon and all the beautiful celestial uh, 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 universes he he created for the earth and he created the earth for the man and he created the man for himself the father heart of God he wanted children the father heart of God so he created a place where he could have his offspring or his children and they could exist and operate upon that place he had set them the same way that he does amen but there are certain laws and things that he could not supplant. Obviously, there's some type of universal law that has to do with the will of certain beings. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, we know uh, in the spirit realm, there are three types of beings in the spirit realm. There's deity, there's humanity, and then there's the angelic realm. Out of the angelic realm, you also get the demonic realm, but it's still just the same, really only three, three classifications. But in that realm, there is the element of choice in, in all of that realm. Uh, Satan chose to do what he did and ended up in the rebellion that he ended up in. Uh, 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 Jesus chose to come to the earth and go to the cross. It was his choice. Nobody made him. He obeyed the Father in perfect obedience. Amen. So, so you say, well, pastor, how in the world, who determines these laws? Who determines uh, how these laws operate? God does. The Bible says he does all things after the counsel of his own will. We must trust God that the way God presents himself to us and the way he presents his covenants to us works and we must trust him in everything that he's done for us. Now here's something we, redemption will bring out and help you to understand. God's already done everything he's going to do for us. People say, I can't wait for God to do something for me. He's already done it. 
We can literally say it like this. He's not going to save anybody. He's not going to heal anybody. He's not going to deliver anybody. He's not going to prosper anybody. He's already done it. And he is seated at his, on his throne. And Jesus is seated at his, at his right hand as proof of that completed process. Amen. So we've come through from, 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 from creation, then the fall. We saw what happened in the fall. Oh, my God. Man's condition in Adam. None, none, uh, none seeketh after him. There is, no not, uh, there is none good, no, not one. Amen. We see where the iniquity of, of, a, of a force, an opposite force of God, which we know later or we'll study later, that is Satan, that is Lucifer, uh, illegally came into God's creation, illegally supplanted and uh, usurped the laws of God, went to the woman, usurping the authority of God, uh, encompassed uh, within an attack upon the Word of God, a lie that caused the entire human race to fall or to die or to become spiritually separated from God. But thank God right there in that same chapter where the fall took place, redemption began. Genesis 3.15 says the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. Thank God that began this great process that we're studying and everything in this process that as you learn it and it gets built on the inside of you, it helps bring out that true identity of who you are in Christ, not who you were born onto the earth to be, but who you were born again to be. More than a conqueror. Child of God. With the favor and blessing of God upon you. Amen. Now, for, for just a moment, go to the, uh, we're there in, uh, we ended in Gen- Genesis 22. Uh, and like I said, we're not going to, we're not going to continue to go chapter by chapter. We've come through what I call the foundational Genesis realities of redemption. Therefore, we're going to go at a little quicker pace. We know that in the word of God after Isaac, Isaac, uh, uh, what's amazing is this scarlet thread that runs throughout the Bible. And how, how Abraham left instruct, instruction for Isaac just like God had instructed, uh, excuse me, just like God had, 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 had orchestrated Abraham coming out of Earl of the Chaldees married to the right person to, to continue that scarlet thread or that scarlet line. He also left instruction to go back to that same area and get a wife for Isaac. Supernaturally, God chose, chose Rebecca. I was studying. I thought, well, I haven't done that in a long time. I haven't studied Rebecca. And I went and looked at her. And listen, this is something that you must understand. This is a redemptive reality. She was chosen. Now, let me help you. Abraham was chosen. Isaac got in on that because he's part of the family. But as we continue to study redemption, you're going to see there are certain people that are chosen because they chose to be chosen. You say, what do you mean by that? Rebecca, when she came out, she obviously looked at that servant that came from Abraham's house and thought, there's something different about this guy. And she immediately began to minister unto him and bringing him water and began to minister to all of his camels and just actually serve them. And when it came time to ask her the question, are you going to go with them back where these people came from this strange land? You know what she said? You bet I am. You bet I am. Why, why was she so willing to go? She recognized these are, these are God's people. These are God's people. Amen. And so we know how the story continues to transpire into, into Isaac. He has two sons, Esau and Jacob, and all that takes place with them. How, how Esau loses his birthright and Jacob fools him. You know, all of these things. We see all of these dramas beginning to unfold in the Word of God because here is what God is doing. 
He, he, he's given the, the universe to the earth. He's given the earth to the man and then he's given himself to the man so that man could be redeemed. In doing it, God does it according to what we call the terms of justice being that out of a man and a covenant with God comes a family. Out of that family comes a nation. Out of that nation comes a lineage. Out of that lineage comes a priestly, excuse me, a priestly, kingly priesthood and kingly rule, David. Out of David's lineage comes the Messiah. That is the scarlet thread that is keeping the DNA of God alive that in the natural realm, God had to keep alive in the old covenant. In the spirit realm, it has been transferred to you through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, here it behooves us, as I talked about, we see these foundational things, the fall, excuse me, uh, creation, the fall, the flood. Then we come over into Abraham, the covenant. And then this covenant begins to, uh, to get mobile. You've got Isaac. There's the miracle, the miracle child of God. He's not immaculately conceived, but supernaturally conceived. Amen. And then, and then as this begins to move forward into, you know, we're going to move forward into Israel, into the release of, into the release of, uh, of Israel out of Egypt, uh, into the law, into the prophets. As we continue to make this journey, there are some things we have to stop now and determine so it will give us the redemptive perspective to it. Now, in doing that, turn to, how's the best way? Turn to, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. You know, when you study the letters that Paul wrote to the church, so here's where we begin. We're in what the Bible calls the Old Testament in our studies in the book of Genesis. As we've studied creation, the fall, the flood, the covenant of Abraham. We also studied the effects of the, of the fall, different things about the Tower of Babel, all this evil, wicked system that's upon the earth flexing its muscle today. Amen. And then God's counter to that, which is the church, which is here on the earth today with the authority and the power of God. Are you with me? Now, all throughout the word of God, we have types and shadows till we get to the new covenant. Now, in these types and shadows, we must understand we're not supposed to live in the type or the shadow. We're supposed to live in the light. But there are certain chapters in the, the, the scripture that helps turn the light on these things so that we have understanding of how these redemptive principles stack in our life to create the foundation in which Christ himself sits on. You say, what do you mean? What is that foundation? It's this, recognizing and realizing how you were born, whose family you were born into. Whose family were you born into? All of us were born into the same family, into the human family. So when we were born into the human family, we're subject to the curse that is upon the human family that came all the way back from the garden. But thank God, thank God, because the, because the adversary caused one man to sin, that gave God the right to use one man to redeem us. And the best way to describe redemption is this. It's the great exchange. Through Christ Jesus, God took our sin so that we could have his righteousness. Took our sickness and disease so we could have his healing and his wholeness. Took our, took our pain so that we could have his joy. Took, took our depression so that we could have, I mean, took our sin so we could have his righteousness. The great exchange. We lost it all through creation. We got it all back through redemption. Amen. Now listen to this, 1 Corinthians I'm just going to read here for a moment. Let me read in my, my King James, then we'll come back. I, gotta, I want to read in the Passion Bible because it'll help you. 
Let me get over here to it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I had it marked and lost it during the offering. Here we go. Now, verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant on how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Now, we know this is in reference to uh, uh, Moses coming through the Red Sea and all of the cloud and the fire. We know the, we know the story, and we'll look at that story again about how Israel came out of Egypt. Amen? Which is a type of what? Those born into the human family coming into God's family. Coming out of death into life. Coming out of darkness into light. Coming out of being cursed into being blessed. Are you with me? So here we have, uh, uh, they were, you know, under the cloud, passed through the sea. All were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Now that means to what? To come out or to come through. He was their redeemer, but he was not the completeness of a redeemer. He was the redeemer that brought them out. You say, why? Because it was Joshua that brought them in. Moses brought them out. Joshua brought him in. Redemptive significance, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, translated us into the kingdom of, of his dear son. Jesus is our Moses and Joshua all wrapped up into one. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, let me continue to read here. It says in verse 3, All did drink of the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that uh, rock was Christ. Everybody say, that rock was Christ. Now you say, you mean there was a literal rock that followed around a bunch of people in the desert? Yes, that's what the Bible says. Well, that sounds something like some kind of Disneyland or, 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 or what, was the, what was the crazy demonic films about? Uh, Harry Potter or something. No, no. That was the rock that was struck when, when, God, when, when Moses struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock. That's why Moses got himself in trouble. That rock was their water source in the desert, a type of the word of God in the desert or the dearth of unbelief that is on the earth. See how many cool types and shadows there are. Now notice this. But many of them God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters as, as, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to pray. Um, play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and 20,000. Neither let us tempt Christ as also... as also tempted, and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for examples or examples. They were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Whoa! Number one, we're identified as those in whom the end of the world is coming. Are you ready for that? Then it is saying this. Everything that happened in that old covenant is given to us as an example. The old covenant is written to, for you. The new covenant is written to you. Now let me say that again. The old covenant is written for you. The new covenant is written to you. 
So you must understand that all of these examples, so we saw that wonderful example, uh, that God-like, Christ-like example of sacrifice in Abraham. We saw God's provision of the ram caught in the thicket. We see all of these things. Then all that begin to happen after that, the different nations that begin to rise up. It's a fascinating study to see what comes out of Ishmael, to see what comes out of Esau, how these, these great Arab nations, these, these great uh, Persian nations begin to rise up in the Middle East, these great societies these ancient societies, they're still on the earth today. These people have not vanished. Amen. I mean, this is all still on the earth today. The earth, listen, the earth is physical proof that the Bible is true. The nations and the people groups and everything that is spread around the world, did you know they are in the exact place that God said they would be and that they will also revert back to the places that God said they would after all of this is said and done? Mm-mm-mm. That's good news. Amen? Now, let me read this. I like this. and Let me read it in my Passion Bible. It says, My dear fellow believers, you need to understand that all of our Jewish ancestors who walked through the wilderness long ago were under the glory cloud and passed through the waters of the sea on both sides and were baptized into the cloud of glory, into the fellowship of Moses and into the sea. So their actual coming out of Egypt through coming out of the, uh, of the Red Sea, the parting of the Red Sea, is a type of our baptism into Christ. We come out of Egypt. Everybody say, we come out of Egypt. You say, what do you mean? Egypt identifies everything wrong with us through our first birth. Everything wrong with the human, with the human existence upon the earth, from physical, physical sickness or disease to anything, you name it, God in Christ has brought the answer to the earth through the redemptive work of Christ. They did not have it back then, but still were blessed by God through their obedience. Oh, my goodness. Amen. It says, And all were baptized unto the glory cloud, unto the fellowship of Moses into the sea. They all, are the, are they all, ha, they all ate the same heavenly manna and drank water from the same spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ himself. You say, how can that be? Forget, quit trying to get that question out of your mind and replace it with this, it be. Always remember, your mind will always try and question the Word. Your intellect will always question the Word. Never let it. Always allow the Word to question your intellect. Well, why don't you believe that? It's in the Word of God. God empowers you to believe it. Amen. Yet God wasn't pleased with most of them. And their dead bodies were scattered around the wilderness. Now, all these things serve as types and pictures for us, lessons that teach us not to fall into the same way by carelessly craving worthless things and practicing idolatry as some of them did, for it is written, the people settled into their unrestrained revelry with feasting and drinking, and they rose up and became wildly out of control. <laughs> Did you know this has been going on forever? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Amen. I mean, I could tell you some, some examples of people that rose up to play and got wildly out of control. 
<laughs> Through experience and witness, amen? You say, why is that? Because when people yield to their flesh in mass, the adversary takes that over in mass. Listen, I'll tell you, church, we're going to have to be aware today that there are going to be things that may start out innocently, gatherings of people that may start out, you know, very innocent. But listen, if they're not gathering in the name of Jesus, if there's not two or three gathering there in Jesus' name, that thing has the potential to be lit off and you don't want to be in the middle of it. I said, you don't want to be in the middle of it. Not in this day and hour. Amen. It says, neither should we commit sexual immorality as some of them did, which caused the death of 23,000 in a single day. You say, why would God kill 23 people in a single day for having sexual relations outside of marriage? You know, we go back to the Leonidas study in the Greek a couple of weeks ago. Talked about the scriptures in the word of God that has to do with, with, with staying pure and not having sexual relation outside of marriage. And that scripture actually in the Greek says this. It says a man and a woman that goes outside the covenant and commits sexual adultery has the same spirit of the, of the prostitute and the John when they come together. That's why in the scripture it says in the King James, he who joins himself to a prostitute is one with him. Why would we say that? Amen. There's a better way. Get married. You say, well, no one wants to marry me. Then get better. <laughs> oh, we want, we want battle on that one. Amen. It says not, uh, uh, 23,000. That's a lot of people to die in a single day. Uh, nor should we ever provoke the Lord. As some of them did by putting, putting, him, putting him to outrageous tests that resulted in their death from snake bites day after day. And we must not embrace their ways by, compa- by complaining and grumbling and being discontent. And as many of them did and were killed by the destroyer. That's the same destroyer that, the, that God says, I'll rebuke him if you tithe. Yeah. 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 I don't want to tithe. No wonder the destroyer's eating up everything you try to sow. Amen? That's that same rebellion, complaining, grumbling. It says all the tests they endured on their way through the wilderness are a symbolic picture, an example that that provides us with a warning so that we can learn through what they experience for we live in a time when the purpose of all the ages past is now coming to its goal within us. So beware... If you think it could never happen to you, at least pride becomes your downfall. Man. Now listen, let's, let's find the balance in this. You say, why is that? Because, you know, I've seen people get off. I've thought, why, how, how can that person get off on that? Or get off on this? Or get off on that? Listen, but we can't be so afraid that we might get off on something that we don't press into the revelations of the Word of God. You know, our standard around here is right and righteous. You say, why? We don't preach anything we haven't proved. If Lee and I have not walked that thing out and seen it in manifestation, we're not going to talk about it from the pulpit. You can't feed sheep something that you're not eating and something that's not making you healthy. Can I get a better amen than that? And these redemptive truths right here, I'm telling you, they made us, they've gotten us healthy, healthy, kept us healthy. And through what we're facing, the darkness of what we're facing in the days ahead, this is our only answer. 
because they're going to lose things upon this earth. Medicine and, 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 and pharmaceutical, they're not going to be able to do anything about it because they're playing, listen, they're playing with Pandora's box. And the Bible talks about all that's going to happen upon the earth. But thank God in the midst of it, we get to live out the glory days of the church upon the earth and then be raptured. And we're so close to that right now. That's why the church needs to wake up to these redemptive truths because just as God created, just as man fell, just as God saved a family in the flood, just as God chose Abraham, just as there was Isaac and Jacob, just as all that drama happened with Israel, just as King David killed the giant, just as Jesus rose from the dead, he's coming back. And we'd be fools to think we're not living at a time in which he could, he could come back at any moment. Amen. 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 So these things, now here's another point though. Notice over and over and over in 1 Corinthians, given for what? Examples, examples. Exa- they're not our doctrines. Well, Pastor, I've been following a ministry that talks about, you know, if I don't have a menorah and if I don't have a, a prayer cloth with a star of David on it and if I don't wear a, a little a hat on my head and if I don't keep the feast days, that's one right there that you better be careful of. I've always noticed that people go into that, they come out legalistic. They come, there's no liberty there whatsoever. It's just like any other religion. You know, what have we said for years? You know, uh, lighting a candle, uh, waving a feather, ringing a bell, that's not going to get you nothing. Amen. You've got to get into the Word of God and figure out what the Word of God says and then begin to live by faith. The Bible says over and over, Old Covenant and New, the just, the just, those that have been justified, those that have been justified, justified, just shall live by faith. Amen. So, why redemption? Number one, everybody say, why redemption? redemption. Number one, it's the foundation in which we can build revelation. Line upon line, precept upon precept. Beginning with the plight of the human family, ending with God's glorious family coming back to the earth and ruling for a thousand years. Woo-hoo-hoo. You're caught up in that right now. Amen. And as we transition into these days, we have to be ready for all of this stuff to begin to literally begin to come into its fullness, into its manifestation, because that is what the Word of God is designed to do in the earth. Now, now, where's that note I made? I think I'll put it over here. Let me find it. I can put it in here in Genesis. Yeah, this is it. The Word of God in redemptive teaching produces power. Everybody say power. power. The Bible says that our faith would not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You know, you can only be counseled so far. You you need some power to set you free. I mean, you need God to move upon you. You need the hand of God to move upon you. Amen? So this this power that God releases begins, you know, salvation. Power comes into us. Recreation. Wow. The essence, the very very spiritual materiality of, of the resurrection is literally in you. If you could go in and find a spiritual substance, resurrection power would be in you. God used that redemptive process to get, to, get, to get resurrection power to you. Amen? So as you gain revelation, what happens? We're learning it on Sundays. By the knowledge of Him, what happens? Grace comes. 
What is grace? God's power working on your behalf. God's power working on your behalf. God's power working on your behalf. Oh, look how it worked when you weren't serving God or when you were backslid or when you were away from God and the power and the grace of God kept you from dying or going to prison or having some horrible thing happen to you. Now think how much more the grace of God will work on your behalf now that you have access by faith to it and you're living in a season of time in which God says, if Jesus will just grow in you, grace will come on you. And as you, as you receive that grace, you'll be able to watch and pray and transition through these last days in glory and in power. Yeah. Amen? So everybody say, foundation, foundation, revelation, which leads to what? The manifestation. Everybody say the manifestation. Now, it's, it's all through the Word. We can go over to, over to Romans uh, 17, where, uh, 17, 14, where it says the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, here is where we're really believing God for an increase. You say, can you do that? You can. You can contend for an increase. You can contend for an outpouring. You can contend for a move of God. You can do it. It takes faithfulness. It takes courage. Amen. You say, well, why, why are we praying on Thursdays? I mean, we come to church on Sunday. on Because we're contending for something. Hey, we've, got to ha- we've got to use our faith to present to our Father this. We want more. Yeah. We want more. Everybody say, we want more. We want more. More what? More of His presence. More of His power. We want to do more of His will. We want to be more caught up in what He's doing in these last days. You say, why? Because the more that we're, we're caught up in what he's doing, uh, the more easy it will be to get caught up when he comes. Amen. Remember the thing that I told you a couple of weeks ago, the Lord spoke to me, said, you know, when the angel shouts and the trumpet sounded, will, will you hear it? Will you hear it? Jesus said, when I come back to the earth, will I find what? Faith. What is faith? The ability to hear. Revelation comes. I mean, that trump's going to sound. That, uh, that archangel, he's going to shout that trump. But will you hear it? That's why you got to be in a position now to be taught the word and, and, and hear. See, this is training your ear. This is training your spiritual ear to hear foundational teaching that is, that is true and powerful and not a bunch of religious rhetoric that just keeps people in bondage. God has empowered every child of God with glorious supernatural power that lies dormant in most people and they live and die on the earth and never know it. But as we learn that it's not our power, it's His and that He deserves the glory for all of the what? The manifestation, Christ in you, the hope or expectancy of what? Glory. What is glory? Now we've talked about, and I'll end with this. This will help you because this is the purpose of our redemptive, redemptive teaching. The power of God. Everybody say the power of God. We know the sources, power sources of the word. The Bible says, uh, Romans chapter 1, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, for it is the power. The Bible says that God watches over his word to what? Perform it. Everybody say perform it. So we have the power of the word. Then we have the power of the spirit. Jesus said, you shall receive what? Power, denonymous, outward working power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So we've got, the power, we've got the power of the Word, we've got the power of the Spirit, and then we've got the power of the name. 
as we have the power of the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, every knee bows of things in heaven, earth, and under the earth. Amen? And by that power, now here's the key, by that power, if you're willing to trust that power that the, that the word exposes, reveals, or enlightens us with. You ready? If you're willing to trust that power that the word exposes, reveals, or enlightens us with, it produces results in the natural. That's the glory of God. Listen, listen. Salvation. Here they are. Salvation. Healing. Empowerment. Baptism of the Holy Ghost. Enlightenment. Revelation. Joy. Did you know joy is a manifestation? I got me some joy. No, you don't. Because if you study joy, joy is laughing. (laughs) Help me, Jesus. Shouting, dancing, expressing. See, when redemptive realities get in you, you start expressing. Remind me, I'm going to come back to that. Joy, peace, deliverance, counsel, comfort, and every other attribute that the life and nature of God possesses. But you must trust the power of the Holy Ghost to aim that word of power to the place in the target where it's most effective. That has to do with the will of God. You say what? God brings you the power of his word through redemptive teaching. You begin to learn who you are, what you have, what you can do in Christ, and the concept of faith that turns the power on. Then God says, here's how you do it. You don't do it your way. You do it my way. You say, well, because it's not going to work your way. It's going to work his way. Amen. And as you begin to walk in that power, that that begins to produce his glory in your life. Everywhere you go, every answered prayer, every time someone comes to the altar and gets saved, somebody gets healed, every, every glorious testimony we heal. And listen, church, we need to be in that posture in which we are believing God for outstanding signs, wonders, and miracles. That is the battering ram of the door of utterance that we have been praying over. And when we begin to believe God for that, teach on that, and teach on redemption, God begins to confirm that with signs following. Amen? Thank God we live in that day and hour. Thank God we live in that day and hour. Hallelujah. So everybody say manifestation. manifestation. Now we know as our, through our study of faith over the years of Abraham, it says he was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he is also able to perform. And right now, both in the Spirit and in what God's doing in our lives, we are in a persuasion process in which God is trying to work in us a persuasion that something's fixing to break loose, something's fixing to happen, something's fixing to take place. There is a stirring, there is a, there is a, there is a, there is an awakening. Yeah, I'll do that, Lord. Let me close with this. And if I turn to it, I'll be too long, so I'm just going to mention it. We'll come back to it. As we continue down this redemptive path, this scarlet thread. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the patriarchs. Awakening to this hour or to this generation. And the Bible speaks in Ecclesiastes of the way we make decisions in our human family is based on a dark cloud over us, which is death. Because every other thing in life is choice except that. 
You can choose where you want to go. You can choose how you want to get there. You can choose to be rich. You can choose to you can choose about anything. Your will, your will. There's enough. There's enough strength in the human will. We've seen that there's people out there that just through their own human will, they've achieved all kinds of all, all kinds of good and bad things. How many would agree with that? But the Bible says that when you come out of the human family, you got to realize that you've been conditioned by that death. Thinking, well, there's I I, I got control of, but I, I don't have any control. I don't I don't know when I'm going to die. I have no idea when I'm going to die. So we don't realize how affected our choices are by that. So many times we choose to live in a false reality. Amen. Redemptive teaching brings you out of that false reality. I tell you what, I'm, I, I, I cannot express physically or any other way how incredibly excited I am to be alive right now and to see what is transpiring in the earth and to know that I get to be a part of this. Whether my part is something very small where I'm just somebody that prays and, and teaches some people how to, how to walk in God and receive from God or God does something big and great. It doesn't matter to me. I'm just glad I'm here to, here to be a part of it, not to, not, to, not to be a spectator, but a participant. Amen. On whatever level God has me on, I'm going to find his will for my life. Amen? Amen? Now, in doing that and waking up to this, I realize, I see the news. I see what's going on. Our nation has never been in, in dire, more dire straits. Yeah. We, are literally, we are literally in danger of toppling and falling as a nation. Our economy has never been in dire, more dire straits. Uh, we literally are, are in danger of not just, a, just an extended uh, terrible recession, but even a depression. Yeah. Amen? I know there are little bumps. look like things may get better, but I guarantee you the trend is downward. I said the trend is downward. Things are going on medically. I mean, things are happening. People don't know what's going on here, what's going on there. Listen, all the different genres of life that seem to be able to comfort it are, are losing their ability to do that. People are panicking. People are in fear. And people are only motivated by the choices they make in which they have been motivated by those choices through death. So they're going to do what? They're going to drink more. They're going to do more drugs. The, 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 the mover and shaker is going to move and shake more. Uh, the, the guy on Wall Street, he's going to try to make more money. Uh, you know, all of the different negative things in humanity are going to begin to operate, but God's people have to do what? They have to awaken, awaken, awaken. See, if, if, if half of us were awakened, just half of us on Galveston Island, if half of the church was awakened, we'd, we'd have to have church at, at, the, at the baseball, at the football stadium. Most, most people are asleep. You say, why? Because they've been conditioned to make choices by that death in their life. So they live in this false reality. Amen. But here's the thing. We don't live in a false reality. We're not conditioned by that anymore. We have the Holy Ghost to lead us and to guide us. And our choices are based on our obedience to the Word of God. That brings us security. That brings us protection. That gives us assurance and insurance in these last days that God's going to take care of us and protect us. That's why you can have peace. That's why you can fear not. That's why you can walk hand in hand with God and seek God and seek that greater revelation of Jesus and grace and grace just pour into your life. Grace just pour into your family, into your marriage, into your finances, into your health. And as we contend for God to do something greater in our group, praise God, God shows up and does it. We just have to be willing to see it when it happens on the level it happens at and then to thank God he's going to enhance it. 
Amen? Isn't God good? Lift your hands and thank Him. Father, we thank You for who we are, for what we have, for what we can do in Christ Jesus. And Father, we thank You for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of You, that the eyes of our understanding are being enlightened, that we are coming into the knowledge and the hope of Your calling. And Lord, we embrace this teaching, this old covenant is our example, is our ensamples, the types, the shadows. But oh, Jesus came. He's the light. We don't have to live in the type or the shadow, for we can live in the light. We thank you for the light, for the life, and for the power of God. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you for it, Lord. Lord, as we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love toward you. We love you so much. Thank you for your protection, your safety. We declare it over all the church, Lord. Lord, in our travel, in the righteous labor of our hands, in all we do and how you call us to do it, we thank you for it. Lord, we thank you for your, for your zeal on the inside, beginning to burn, a flame, beginning to, be, beginning to rise up in us, flame of evangelism, where we're a witness to people, problem to the devil, a miracle in others' lives, an answer to their prayer. Lord, we leave tonight walking in faith and love towards you. We leave walking in love one toward another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.